This is The Grid, presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. When you find yourself needing a roof repair and are looking for a roofing company, American Shield Roofing and Construction is happy to meet your needs. When dealing with a roofing company, you need a roof contractor who is dependable, who can arrive on time, and provide you a quality new roof in a timely manner. Our goal is to present you with honest, accurate information, quotes, and estimates. Call us at 361-343-7018 or visit us at americanshieldroofing.com. Proud title sponsor of the 2021-2022 Victoria Advocate Varsity Cup Awards. Welcome into episode 6 of The Grid. I am Sam Fowler. I'm joined as always by Victoria Advocate Sports Editor Mike Foreman and sports reporter Jeremiah Sosa. Before we get going here on episode 6, we want to hear from you. Give us your questions through Facebook, Twitter, or even through that old thing called email. You can reach us on Facebook at Advosports or through the Victoria Advocate main Facebook page. Through Twitter, you can reach us at Advosports, and the email to get in touch with us is sports at vicad.com. Also, any coaches listening to it, that's how you send your scores to us, so... Make sure to send us your scores. Get your kids recognized. Well, let's jump right into it. We had our first edition of East versus West on the hardwood on Tuesday. And, well, it was more of the same. Victoria West coming out with a three-cent win over the crosstown rival Lady Titans. And West now moves to 25-0 in that series. All-time big game from sophomore Hannah Laced, who had 12 kills for the for the Warriors as they went on to win in this match. And that's now 30 straight sets for Victoria West that they have won in this. And that goes all the way back to October 2017. And now West is 3-0. You look at it, the sophomore Hannah Laced had a big game and stepped up on a big stage. And it's taken her a little while to make the jump as she's turning into a leader for this West team. It's taken a lot. Coming in as a freshman, it's it's taken a lot. All the practices, all the hard work the team and I have put in, it's it's been hard. It's been great, too. Annalise, very, very pleased with her performance. 12 Kills as West rolls. They're now 3-0 and in, in zone play, which is a big thing because the way the zone is structured, you know, you want to be one of the you want to be the number one team coming out of your zone and playing for the district championship. And they're do, they're currently in the right spot to do so. But on the other side, East now falls to 0-2 in district in zone play. And like we said, they've just struggled against they've struggled against their crosstown rivals and they have not won a match and it's been almost five years since they've won a set. And last night over thirty errors for the Lady Titans. When I went up and I talked to head coach Dana Wincher, you know, she said it was it it was all in their head and and that's what they needed to do. And and the re- the rest will come, as she said in this interview. It's all mental. I, I think coming into this, this rivalry that they have, uh, I'm not really, you know, uh, I- I'm kind of 
known about it, but uh, mentally they just break down. It's it's not anything physically because they can hang as far as talent-wise. It's just passing, you know, getting past that barrier mentally, you know, and like I said, because we've never been able to defeat them. So we're getting there. Like I said, it's going to take time, but again, you know, uh, you got to build a program, and, and that's what it is. So. And they were doing well up in that first set. They go up 8-5, and then at 8-8, eight, eight, this their star middle blocker, Emily Wall, goes down with an injury, did not return into the game. Jeremiah, you've seen this team, and, you know, you can see the flashes where they do have talent to, to go out and challenge challenge for some wins in these matches, but it comes down to those errors. How bad have those errors plagued this East team so far this season? Yeah, well, the most recent game that I was, uh, you know, at East High School covering covering the Leighton Titans, it was against Gregory Portland. And, um, you know, they started off, you know, pretty decent. But like you said, those errors, they just come back to haunt them. Um, I think in the first first set, they were, if I'm not mistaken, they were leading. And then kind of similar to this game, um, just a lot of mental mistakes, a lot of errors, um, you know, girls not going for the ball. So it's just, I think for, for the Lady Titans to be able to, to, you know, come back in zone play and kind of get some wins, they're going to have to to, you know, get over these errors and kind of, kind of as a team kind of regroup and just, you know, like, like I said, just get over the errors and, you know, I think they'll be fine after that. Now that'll bring us to what was a record breaking week on the gridiron. We had two teams break school records for most points scored. Before we get to that, we got to look at the state rankings. Cuero remains number five in class four division two, while Shiner and Refugio held their respective spots at numbers four and five and two A Division One. The only change really was Hallettsville dropping out of the class three A Division Two rankings. Let's get to those records. Victoria West seventy two, Corpus Christi King twenty one, Quero eighty two, Beeville twenty eight. West and Quero both hanging school records up last week in week five. We'll start with the Thursday game from last week down at Cavanaugh Stadium. West just came out and they they put the throttle down and they didn't really look back. Junior quarterback Camden Repper, best start for him this year. 12 of 14 passing, 211 yards for four with four touchdowns. He completed, I think it was 11 of his first 12 passes, just came out it just red hot for the Warriors, and that made head coach Courtney Boyce real happy after the win. No, I mean, I've seen a lot of maturity out of him. I mean, just, you know, especially since uh, game one, you know, just uh, recognizing what's going on in the secondary and, you know, and not, a, you know, just just because a certain thing worked, you know, the past uh, in practice, you know, him being able to make a, an adjustment on the type of throw he needs to make or, you know, who he needs to throw to. So I'm proud of him. Good, solid game for for Ramper, but it was a great game all around for West against Lowly King to spoil the spoil the homecoming festivities down in Corpus Christi. The Warriors had seven players, seven different players score touchdowns. That was led by junior running back Kamari Montgomery finally getting getting the the payoff that he's been waiting for in the backfield. Two rushing touchdowns for the junior. He also added a receiving touchdown on a 66-yard bubble screen. Now we'll get to the game that it was a lot closer at, at halftime than, than it turned out to be. Cuero 
putting up a school record 82 points over uh, against Beeville as the Gobblers bounce back from a week four loss to win in commanding fashion. And you look at it, it, it didn't take much. It didn't take much to get Quaro back on track. And, you know, Mike, you got to, you got to catch up with head coach Jared Fikach this week to, when you went out and talked about the school record and, you know, you'll hear it in this interview, but he just said they came out and they wanted to play inspired and they wanted to get their identity back. Yeah, I think uh, the kids came out with a little different intensity. It looked like some inspired football. Um, They really wanted to kind of get their identity back. And so I think our offensive line did a a tremendous job of of moving, creating holes. We had some big run lanes. Um, And then we were kind of able to dink and dunk them down the field with some short passes and then our defense, man, it just they flew around like 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 we've seen before. Um, we got a lot of hats to the football, and so it was just a, t- a lot more energy, a lot more enthusiasm, a lot more team aspect. So it was fun to watch those kids kind of um, come back out at a halftime inspired and ready to go. And you look at this game, Quero, nine different players scoring touchdowns. Oh, almost 800 yards of total offense. I mean, that's that's one way to bounce back from a loss, isn't it, Mike? There's no doubt uh, that they came out uh, with a little more, uh, I think, with a purpose, uh, even though in the first half, uh, or uh, as they said in the second quarter, some of the mistakes that got them against Cal Allen were getting them again against Beville. They went to half 28-21. Uh, they had some penalties. They were making mistakes. They threw an interception. But in the second half, they came out, and uh, and as I think uh, Mason Nataro said, basically they got out of their own way and just started executing their offense. They they eliminated the penalties and some of those things and uh, just played like they're capable of playing. And uh, very encouraging sign for them. Um, you know, they have this week off. And then they start district play, and uh, that's a good sign because uh, their aspirations are much greater than winning districts. So uh, I think they needed a performance like this, especially after what happened against Cal Allen. I think this will give them a lot of confidence going forward. Then East made it a great week for Victoria ISD as the Titans rolled to a 54-7 win over Corpus Christi Carroll on homecoming night. Titans defense got, got it going. And Jeremiah, you talked about it before before the game. You know, they needed to get this defense going. This defense needed to get those stops and, and build that confidence. They got that. And, and defensive coordinator Doug Kent uh, ahead of this week's game, you know, he was real pleased with it. Uh, as always, we need to make sure that all of our kids are just growing and learning every day. Uh, we want to make sure we're reading our keys and doing our jobs and believing everybody. Uh, our kids are starting to get that trust with each other, not trying to do too much. Just if I do my part on the field, then we'll be successful as a unit. And you see the you see the defensive play, and that they they were playing complementary football. The way the defense was able to make the stops, that in turn. Got the ball back to Jaden Williams, who had another big night. Seeing seeing the way East was able to utilize 
all of its talent uh, on both sides of the ball. You know, what did what did Friday do for East in terms of confidence, Jeremiah? Yeah, well, I think for confidence, you know, you look on the defensive side of the ball, like uh, like Doug was saying, um, you know, their 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 defensive backs are starting to believe in each other. You know, the first three games they struggled, gave up over forty points each game, but you know, after holding this Carroll team to only seven points, um, you know, this defense is is really starting to come together and starting to believe in each other. And you know, for the offensive side of the ball, it seems like you know Jaden Williams and you know Jacari and Giles, they've been going pretty much every every game this season, but. You know, this was really a breakout game for for Jaden Williams. I know Sam said he had uh you know over over 500 total yards of offense, um, five total touchdowns. So you know he he just seemed like he was really comfortable and he was able to run the offense. Um, you know there was multiple instances where you know he would snap the ball and he would you know escape out of the pocket and it just seemed like he was running the the offense on his own terms. Like he wasn't really worried about what the defense was doing. He was directing uh, receivers down the field for touchdowns. So really, I think just overall, this was a big boost of confidence for, for you know, both both the offense and, and defense. So I think, you know, overall, it was just a good game. And, you know, hopefully for, for, you know, for the Titans that they'll be able to, you know, carry this momentum going forward in the season. You still have a short turnaround as they get ready for the Corpus, get ready to go face Corpus Christi Miller on Thursday. We'll get to that in a little bit up the road in Edna the flyer St. Joseph that that was a heart that that is heartbreaking to to lose it right there I mean you have your inside the 10 54 seconds left then there's a fumble Brownsville St. Joseph recovers and the Bloodhounds escape with a 47 40 win over the Flyers another big game from Gage Barrera to 22 carries 278 yards four touchdowns for the senior as St. Joseph, you know, that was a game that they wanted to win and it's not going to get much easier, but head coach James Dupree was pleased seeing his offense, especially Barrera have a really, really solid day on Friday. Well, I thought we did pretty much what we wanted to do. Um, you know, we executed well. Uh, there was a couple things I thought, I think we can still clean up and get better at, but, uh, overall, I felt pretty good about it. Dupree, I mean, that, that's that's kind of a th- – Mike, those are always tough pills to swallow when, you know, you have those opportunities to potentially tie or take the lead and then they just slip right out of your hands. And, and, and you know, how does how does St. Joseph move forward from, from here knowing that well, the schedule's not really going to get much easier with a trip to a really tough Austin Regents team this week. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. That was a tough loss for the Flyers. Uh, you need to win your home district games, and uh, especially uh, Brownsville, those teams were very equal. And as you know, the game played out that way. A fumble cost St. Joe uh, probably the game. Uh, it's going to be tough. They have to go to Regents this week in Austin. Uh, Regents, of course, last year was the state semifinalist. Uh, lost to Second Baptist, which was in St. Joseph's District last year. Year before, Regents won state. So uh, that's the kind of program it is. Uh, I think uh, the the Flyers will tell you they're still trying to 
you know, get some offense going that isn't just Gage Barrera. I mean, obviously, uh, they did have some passing yards in that game. They were able to throw effectively. Um, but they they need – they and they've been trying this all year to develop a more diverse attack. And I think uh, if they can still work on that and do that, that'll help them going down the road because that'll take a lot of the pressure off of uh, Gage Barrera. A much better offensive night all around for St. Joseph as they rack up 172 passing yards, but still not enough in a 47-40 loss to Brownsville St. Joseph. We're going to keep this in Jackson County. Dalton Brooks has another monster game, and that is not breaking news to anybody as Shiner routes Ganado. 50 to 12 in their district opener. Like I said, Dalton Brooks, five touchdowns, 330 yards of total offense. Mike Shiner set the tone right out of the gate. They had a big boy drive to to open the game, capped off with Brooks' first of many touchdowns that night. How did Shiner just impose their will against Ganado? Well, uh, Shiner's offensive line did a good job the other night blocking. And, of course, with Dalton Brooks back there, he doesn't need much of a crease. And uh, they found a big play on that drive, though, that opening drive. It was kind of weird how the game started. Ganado comes out and tries an onside kick. And it looked like it was going to work because there was a Ganado player there to fall on the ball. And the ball kind of bounces out and Shiner recovers. And then they, they get the ball and they drive and they're they're uh, fourth down and about 10 on at midfield. And you think normally you would think they would punt, but Shiner decides to go for it, gets in the spread. Um, P, uh, Peterson takes the snap. Uh, Ryan Peterson, the quarterback, uh, doesn't find a receiver and takes off. And he goes 17 yards for a first down. And boom, that, that just swung the whole momentum to Shiner. And they just drove down from there and scored. And then uh, once the rest of the game was pretty much uh, was a Dalton Brooks show where he uh, had a couple of really big runs. Uh, you know, it, uh, you got to give credit to the offensive line, but on the same token, it sure is a lot easier to block when you have someone like Dalton Brooks where if you just get him a crease, he's going to get through there. And a lot of his uh, – success came on cutbacks they ran a lot of sweeps and he might cut back and uh you know after the game uh Kyle Bursch Guerrero of course is Ganado's quarterback was also plays linebacker was talking about they how uh, Ganado didn't really do a good job of getting in their fits in other words they were allowing that cutback and with a runner like Brooks you cannot do that because once Brooks gets through the line he's gone so with his speed. So uh, another impressive performance for Shiner, which I, I still think is a work in progress, that team. That team is not to the point yet where I think uh, Coach Bedeker and them would like to be. But that's okay. I mean, they knew that coming in. And Ganado, uh, we'll see how Ganado regroups because uh, they Ganado has uh, Kennedy this week, and that's a big game for Ganado. If they can regroup and uh, take that game, they'll they'll be they'll be right where they need to be. Then second game for me last week was 
That was an insane, insane game. I, I, I don't know any other way to put it. Industrial outlast Goliad 23-22. The play in question is a pass to Braxton Warren. Looks like he's going to rumble down and set up a first and goal. No, he fumbles. Fumbles at the one. And it was a questionable call. It had it had the industrial sideline up in arms. And it was really close. I would not want to be the official in that, making that call. But in the end, the call in the field, fumble at the one. And, you know, there had been some, some calls that, you know, could have gone either way. And at some point, you, you thought the ball's going to break for industrial. Well, they get it. Dylan Ryrick, he gets in the... He gets in the backfield after that fumble, gets a safety, and Industrial has its first lead of the game at 16-14. And they're about to get the ball back. They start driving. Then, oh no, Ashton Garza, fumble, Angel Hernandez, not everybody's most loved umpire. And this this is an Angel Hernandez who has yet to, yet to dissuade an entire nation. Angel Hernandez for for Goliad goes 59 yards the other way and puts the Tigers up 22 to 16. Well, here come the Cardiac Cobras. Industrial behind a 27-yard pass from Ashton Garza to Clarence Hosey with, I think it was 147 left on the clock. They take the lead. They end up winning 23-22. Industrial had five turnovers in that game. Talking to talking to head coach Craig Nairn after the game, he just kind of he just kind of shook his head and, and he was thankful for the win, but wasn't wasn't quite sure if wasn't quite sure if his team deserved it because that, that could have gone the complete opposite way. I mean, two scores off of, off of turnovers for for Goliad, and then you know, just just a wild wild game in Vanderbilt on Friday night. Other than, I mean, you look or you look across the region, uh, you know, another game that stands out. We. We talked about the district opener in 15-2A Division One for Shiner and Ganado, and then you got to look at that district as well. Refurio, 55 to nothing winners over Bloomington, and you know this is we talked about this being a gauntlet for for Bloomington, and Refurio came out and did what Refurio does. They go up 48 nothing in the first quarter. They're up 55 nothing at the half. You know, Refurio coming out and doing what it what it can. You you've got to you, you know is there is there something to take away from that, Mike, or is it is it just Refurio being Refurio? Well, we knew coming in that this you know that uh, Bloomington was going to face uh, a top ten team, and uh, they hadn't faced anyone like that, and uh, this is what happened. Uh, Refurio is really. Uh, from what uh, Coach Herring said, is uh, they're starting to really get it together. It's a young team. Um, 
he said this team has a chance to improve maybe more than any team he's had because because of its youth to where it wants to be. And um, I think I don't think you can understate the importance of that Edna game. I mean, Refurio took a ton of confidence away from that game, and uh, they've been playing better since. Uh, they still have a lot of ways to go to get to the point where they can, you know, get to a state championship game or win a state championship. But on the other hand, Bloomington, which we talked about, um, hopefully they walked away from that game healthy. I'm sure it was a little bit of a wake-up call. I mean, let's face it, you're three and one, you're feeling good about yourself, and then boom, you're down, what, 48 to nothing in the first quarter or something? I mean, that's that's a rude awakening right there. But uh, if they they have Shiner this week, so it's not going to get any easier. But if they can just hang in there, you know, stay healthy and uh, just try to maintain. I mean, they have to they, – they're realistic. They know what their goals are. They, you know, you, you know, you have to walk before you can run. And if they can build off of that, then yes. And as far as Refurio goes, I mean, they turn around and they play Three Rivers this week, which is uh, – Three Rivers is unbeaten and has been playing very well. Now, obviously, it hasn't played some of the caliber of competition – that Refurio has, but, uh, you know, district games, you cannot take those lightly. You have to be prepared for every opponent you face. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're trying, they're preparing to play, you know, a more competitive game. Any other games that stood out to, to either of y'all from the area this week? I mean, it was kind of, it seemed like it was kind of a, a a leaner week for for us. Hey, how about how about uh, Yoakum head coach Bo Robinson? They get the win over Gonzalez. Yoakum does so. Congratulations to Bo Robinson and the Bulldogs. They've won two in a row. Hey, looky here, you got a winning streak going up in Yoakum. No telling what can happen there. That is true, Mike. They do. They do have. They do have to go up and face Waco La Vega. But it's better to go in there with a couple of wins than than to than than to go in there winless. Well, on the other side of this break, we're gonna we're gonna look at some previews. We got an early game again this week, and well, we've got another homecoming game. It's it's that time of the year. All that and more after this message from White Trash Services. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and, and, and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off uh, companies. And, you know, y'all are y'all are big advocates for, for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all all high school sports throughout the Victoria area. High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361 
I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. Welcome back in to episode 6 of The Grid. Hey, Mike, you know, I walked outside the other day and, ooh, baby, it felt like fall. It was, it was just a great feeling. I mean, pretty soon for, for our listeners, Mike is already, he's already got his cold weather gear ready, wearing his Los Angeles Kings, King, his Kings hoodie. He's ready. He's ready for the fall. I think all of us, all of us are. And what that means is the football games mean a lot more. We have a full, we have pretty much a full district slate throughout the area, starting with Thursday at 7 p.m. at newly renovated Buccaneer Stadium down in Corpus Christi as the Titans will take on the Corpus Christi Miller Buccaneers. Jeremiah, I mean, this is going to be this is going to be another tough test for East. They're trying to build off of that win over Carroll, but it's going to you look at Miller's defense. They've played well recently. How is it? How how much does East need to find a way to nullify that that defensive play from Miller if they hope to go two and zero to start district play? Yeah, well, I think if uh, you know if East wants to nullify that that defensive play, um, you know, once again, Jaden Williams is, is going to have to step up and you know have another monster game like he did this past week. Um, if they, if they can run the ball pretty well with Jacarian Giles, and you know if Jaden can kind of throw the ball around and get get another. Know, over 200 yards, get some get some passing touchdowns, then I think the offense will be fine. Um, you know, you look at the defensive side of the ball for for the Titans, and you know they're going to be facing another Miller team that's you know averaging uh, you know over over 40 points per game, and you look at their their passing yards per game, it's nearly at 300. So you know they're they're going to have their challenge, they're going to have their uh, hands full with some of the receivers. I know I was down at uh, East High School this Monday, and you know some of the, some of the defensive players were telling me that you know they were they were very weary of a few few receivers from from Miller, uh, including uh, one of one of them, which is Lonnie Atkinson. Um, he, he has 17, 17 catches and nine touchdowns of those seventeen catches. So, you know, East East is re- East defense is really going to be uh, you know focus on the receivers, try to slow them down, and as well as the running game. I know I talked to uh, Ken and he was telling me that you know for them to be successful, they're going to have to slow down both both the running game and, you know, at Kism and the other receivers. So, you know, this this game should be a tough test for, for the Titans. But I think if they're able to, you know, at least make it a game, I think, you know, East will have some confidence moving forward in district. Yeah, when you look at when you look at the district top to bottom, uh, you know, Veterans Memorial and Miller, they're, they're at the top of the list. And then, you know, East and West are right there. And, and given how, how they can play and, and the potential they have, you know, if they play well, they can they can certainly be in the conversation for 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 either the the first or the second spot in, in the district. They just have to play like they like each of them did this last week if they want to do it. So this is a good chance for East to put that talent on display and potentially make some noise in this district. We're gonna stay in District fourteen five A Division One as. West is going to host 
Corpus Christi Moody at 7.30 p.m. on Friday at Memorial Stadium. Hey, he, Mike, your son needs to needs to make his way down. Get him, Mom. It's homecoming week for the Warriors. And, you know, you, you always want to schedule the – you always want to try and schedule a an opponent who's likely to be a win. And assuming West handles business like they did last week against King, that's what it looks like it could be. For the Warriors, Moody has struggled this season. Twenty-two points through four games. They've been they were shut out by Veterans Memorial last week, forty-nine to nothing. On the other side, for West, they've they've gotten their tempo going. I know they've had some struggles against against the likes uh, early in non-district, and then you know, against Dallas, they were able to get their tempo going. And last week you got to see them get their tempo going right now. The Warriors are averaging 61 plays per game. And last week on average, they ran a play every 40 seconds against King. Hey, those Warriors are moving. They, they want, they want to get going. They want to get them on there. They want to get teams on their heels. And we were able, you, you see that, success they were able to have last Thursday was due to the fact that they were able they were able to get their tempo going. They were able to move fast. I mean, you had a sixty six yard bubble screen to, to Montgomery. You had all these explosive plays and that's because King was just tired, even when they put in the backups, when Tyler Gantz operating the offense, when you've got all Blaine Carver, third, four-string running backs coming in, breaking off 40, 50, 60-yard runs. That that says something about the tempo for the Warriors. Mike, you're gonna be you're gonna be in Refurio this week. That's a 7:30 p.m. game as Refurio hosts three rivers. Well, somebody forgot to tell Refurio about scheduling an easy opponent for for homecoming as the Bobcats will celebrate their homecoming by welcoming the Bulldogs to Jack Sportsman Bobcats Stadium. Refurio, they're coming off that, that big win over Bloomington. Keelan Brown, another another solid game for him, 244 yards, four touchdowns through the air. Mike, this is a savory matchup, and it's it's kind of fitting of one for a district championship, not a homecoming game, isn't it? Well, yes, uh, Three Rivers always has a good team. Um, they haven't been uh, been able to match Refurio in years past, but uh, they're a good team, and um, this is another step for Refurio uh, to try and get better up front, especially because, I mean, let's face it, everybody's looking at Refurio Shiner, and uh, that's uh, that's kind of where everything's pointing to, um, even though that you know, that's going to be a weird deal because, you know, both teams are probably figuring they'll face each other again. But, uh, you know, Refurio is the type of team, it's a young team, so uh, they have to play. I mean, uh, this is not the Refurio teams, some of the Refurio teams in the past where uh, they could overcome a lot of mistakes. This team needs to play good football. And if it does that, uh, I don't see them having much of a, much of a problem winning this game. Uh, but like I said, they got to play well 
And uh, we'll see if they can continue to play like they've been playing. Then we mentioned the Flyers making the trip up to the bustling metropolis of traffic jams and construction called Austin, Texas, as St. Joseph will go to Austin Regents this Friday. And, Mike, this is a tough game for them. You you, you were telling me earlier that what what was the margin that Regents was outscoring opponents? It's something like 154 Hun- to 20-something or something. Yeah, hun- just almost 130 points total and through four or five games you can do the math yourself that's that's a tough game plus we mentioned the the history for Austin Regents they've they've been to the, they've been to to state recently they frequently make these deep playoff runs but for head coach James Dupree if he want for this team that eventually wants to make that breakthrough at some point you know if you want to be the best you got to beat the best and you know they they faced Houston Second Baptist and now you're now you're getting now you're getting the other side of the sword with Regents at some point this this is going to prove to be beneficial for him just playing this level of competition what kind of benefit can that give the Flyers well the the bottom line is Austin Regents Austin Hyde Park and Austin St Michael's are in St Joseph's district and they're going to have to play them and so they need to to reach the level to play them. And uh, this is uh, a tough test early, especially uh, after what happened last week. I mean, uh, that, that had to be an emotional hit for the Flyers. But, uh, you know, these are the games they're going to have to play. You know, they're also going to have to go to San Antonio and uh, play, uh, you know, TMI and San Antonio uh, St. Anthony. So I mean, there there's a variety of teams in this district, uh, and uh, this is you know the kind of game that I I think you take the attitude here is let's go in there, give it our best shot. Let's try and keep improving with what we're doing. Uh, let's try and work on our passing game a little bit, play defense the best we can, and uh, see where it comes out, and hopefully come out healthy. I think that's the main concern. You want to stay healthy because in an eight-team district, I mean, uh, this is just the second game, and uh, you have a long way to go. So uh, I think the Flyers, that's a real key is for them to stay healthy in this game. And then Friday night in Edna, the Cowboys hosting Corpus Christi London at 7.30 p.m. as they kick off district play. Edna coming off a bye but the Cowboys, you know, they're they're still looking to do a lot of good things. I know they're, I, I know they they might have a little bit of a, a sour taste in their mouth. They haven't, things may not be operating at the at their full potential for Jimmy Mitchell's team. But you know, they're the defending district champions, and now they get to start their their defense of that title. Jeremiah, you're going to be there. Looking at this game, how important is it for Edna to come out and just kind of play that dominant style and and assert itself as the defending district champion? 
Yeah, well, I think it's, it's going to be very important for Edna to do that. I mean, you look at the only game that they've lost this season against Referio, um, they gave up four late touchdowns uh, to lose that game. So, you know, this defense is going to have to step up. They're going to, I know they won uh, their latest game against Sinton, but, you know, if this, if this Edna team wants to, you know, repeat like they have in the past, in the past year, um, I think this defense is going to really have to step up behind a uh, Otis, uh, Otis Santayana and uh, Drayden Ashford. I think those two guys are going to be really the keys for this uh, Edna defense. And I think on offense, you look at um, Jaden Clay, and you know he had a pretty big game against uh, Sinton, uh, you know, before this bye week. So I think those, you know, those three players are going to be really the key for for this Edna team if they're going to want to start off District One and Zero, and you know, get this win against Corpus Christi London. So I think I think really for them to you know start off good, although know, those are the players that are going to have to play good. Well, Mike, this is another week with plenty of bye weeks. I think I think I saw Greg Tepper, Texas. Uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine say something like 30%, more than 30% of teams are on buys. But are, is there any any other games that are that are catching your eye from the area this week or, or maybe even statewide that, that really kind of pique your interest? We actually have three games that I think are kind of important that uh, kind of look at an interesting matchups. One is uh, Navasota at Bay City. Bay City shut out Brazosport, and that 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 was a pretty incredible feat because uh, Brazosport can be pretty explosive. Uh, they play Navasota, which got into kind of a score fest with El Campo last week. Where that game, Ruben Owens went off, scored five touchdowns, had over three hundred yards. Um, if Bay Bay City and El Campo meet next week, if uh, Bay City can win this game, that'll put them at two and zero. Oh, going into that big rivalry. So a uh, big game there. Another game I'm, I'm curious about is Tidehaven at East Bernard. You've seen Tidehaven. East Bernard's 0-4. We're not used to that. But is it because they're playing really good teams or is it because it's a down year? It may be a little of both. I don't know. But we're going to find out this week. I mean, because uh, if Tidehaven, you know, I know Tidehaven has – has its eyes set on a district title. And obviously in that district, the district title usually goes through East Bernard. Uh, I know last year Van Vleck won it. But, uh, you know, usually you have to beat East Bernard to win district. And uh, uh, Ty Davin's done that before. Um, we'll see if uh, if uh, they if Ty Davin can do it again. And uh, the other game I'm looking at is uh, kind of interesting is Flatonian Thorndale. Flatonia and Thorndale, I think when everyone looked at this new district that the UIL created by taking some of the teams from uh, our area, moving them up towards, you know, the Waco area, uh, they were looking at Hearn. Well, Hearn hasn't really done as well as people thought, and here we are where Flatonia and Thorndale are undefeated in district, and uh, Flatonia has played really well. Thorndale came off a win over Schulenberg, which is still winless. But uh, from what I understand about that game, talking from people up there in uh, Schulenberg, Schulenberg turned the ball over like uh, a bunch of times and basically had some blown coverages in the safety in the secondary that allowed Thorndale to hit some big passes. But uh, this could determine the district championship this week, Flatonia and Thorndale. So that's. That's another game that I would uh, keep an eye on. 
Not even October yet, and we're already getting ready to potentially decide district champions. It's that cold weather, man. That cold weather comes in, like I said, makes those games even more important. I think that'll wrap it up here for us this week. We want to give a huge shout-out to American Roofing, American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC, as well as White Trash Services for their sponsorship and helping make this podcast go. We also want to thank you, the listeners. Yes, you. Be sure to like, follow, and share our podcast. That way you do not miss a single beat from your leader in sports coverage in the crossroads. Also, like I said earlier, be sure to get in contact with us, Facebook, Twitter, email, maybe even smoke signal. I think we can find somebody who can read a smoke signal, but get in touch with us. We want to hear your questions. We want to talk to you. We want to hear what you're hearing. We want to hear, we want to see what you're seeing. So either through Facebook at Victoria Advocate and Advo Sports on Twitter at Advo Sports is the handle. And the email is sports at vicad.com. Till next week, this has been Mike Foreman, Jeremiah Sosa, and I'm Sam Fowler. We can't wait for next week's edition of The Grid.